Hi, this is Bill Corbett, author of the book Love, Limits, and Lessons, and executive producer and host of the television show Creating Cooperative Kids. Thanks for downloading and listening to this podcast series that will offer interviews with experts, clips from my television show, excerpts from my parent coaching sessions, and even my interviews on the radio. Each podcast will feature help for parents and professionals who live or work with children and teens, so you'll want to subscribe to the entire series. My guest today is Dan Blanchard. He's an award-winning author and speaker and educator, and he just came out with a book recently called The Storm, How Young Men Become Good Men, and it's about a teen struggling with life in a violent and frustrating world, and I asked Dan to spend a little time with me. You can get your book on Amazon, I assume. Correct. Do you have it in uh, on Kindle form? Yes, it's in the ebook form. Do you have an audio book form? Audio book. Excellent. Did you read it? No. But, oh, but, man. It, but I have a memoir that's coming out Do you? Uh, in the near future where I'm thinking about venturing to try and read it myself. Is that right? I think that it adds a touch. Books yeah, that are read by the author themselves, it's a special touch. I agree. Are you familiar <laughs> with Gary Vaynerchuk? Yes, I Marketer. Am. You know yep. what I love about Gary? I learned something from him. So when I read my book, I go off script like he does because mm. he'll read a chapter and go, okay, enough of that chapter. Here's something I didn't include the book that I want you to know. And he like yeah. goes off track track and gives the uh, listener like more stuff like bonus yeah. material yeah, definitely a bonus definitely added yeah. feature i've heard of other people doing that too which is pretty brave of them to go off script like that yeah but i think it's you know not just brave but it's valuable yes it is so anyway uh i asked dan to join me this afternoon dan right now you work in a special school and tell us quickly about the school that, and what your role is well I kind of what get the you best. can tell us. Yeah, I kind of get the be- the best of both worlds now. I've been a uh, special education teacher and a regular education teacher, pretty much at all levels. Have bounced around many different jobs, from like the high school, the middle school, the elementary school. But over, uh, I just finished my fourth year in a really unique position at the alternative high school for a school district, where I am now the special education teacher there, who teaches all of the history classes. So I actually get to do two things that I love. I'm certified in both at Masters, and uh, I get to do both of them right now. So it's a really cool job, and I'm planning on staying here for at least a few more years uh, to, to do that. I mean, I got it good right now. So one of the things I want to talk to you about in this brief podcast episode is school security. So I remember when my my last was in school, it was there was a mass a massive school shooting, and as soon as that happened, uh, they the school department put together funding so that they would. Um, have armed guards in the schools, you know, mm-hmm. and that was the that was the the rage. And so you'd have to go to the school, and they would have to ask who you were and and why you were there, and get you to sign in, and then let you into the school system. So my, I'm curious, with all the mass shootings that have been going on, especially the one down in Uvalde and what mm-hmm. happened, what. Are 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 schools tightened up now? Are they learning from what's in the news and doing a better job of keeping our kids safe? Well, I'm glad you brought that up because there's a couple of things going on. I mean, I remember the time you're talking about, and I was on a couple of different boards, educational boards that were statewide boards, and I was sitting in meetings with uh, 
you know, plenty of educators figure out what to do. You know, obviously a whole bunch of money was was uh, rerouted toward the schools to put in safety features. They put in those vestibules with the bulletproof glass. We had the be buzzed in, you know, one door and get in there and talk to the bulletproof glass to the school secretary. And then only after she totally knew who you were and that you were safe, she'd buzz you in the other door. I sat in meetings when they talked about trying to do bulletproof glassing for the entire school all the windows. And I was just like, whoa, hold on. That's too much. You know, that's too much. We can't live in that kind of fair. But what is Plus, happened- you don't see shooters walking along the outside of a building shooting no. blindly yeah. into windows. Yeah. So what's the point it's of that? a waste of money to do something like that. They you want know- to shoot because they know they have limited time mm-hmm. before the cops are coming, and they want to take out as many lives as possible. Yeah, you figure the cops could be there in probably under five minutes. You know what I'm saying? So like you said, they've got, they get in there, they do as much damage as they can. Many times they just come through the front door. The front door was left open, somebody opened it for them, whatever. But, but for a while, security got tight. You know, they got real tight. But I got to tell you, from what I'm seeing on, in the schools uh, is that they seem to be getting laxed. You know, I'm here in Connecticut. We had our Sandy Hook shooting and that really scared people and it was but, sandy hook was the one where they started putting armed guards in the schools but then all of a sudden the schools wanted to kick them out because they yeah. represented firearms and it was mm-hmm. the whole uh anti-gun movement yes, and yes. It, they didn't want an armed guard scaring people true i mean you're gonna have a hard time getting guards with guns up here in new england right um but but sadly uh, the schools have become more laxed you know i've noticed that in different schools uh, you know, the doors are left open more often. Kids open doors, like let in people. Um, sometimes adults open doors, you know, when they shouldn't, should just go through the office. Uh, I see sometimes, uh, you know, the, the security alarms, the sign alarms that trip when doors open, those aren't working in some cases. So before, like you'd open a door, let's say the back of the building, there were some high schools that are very, very large, <clears> Bill, <throat> that have like you know, 8,500, 115 doors. So you, you need those silent alarms to trip when a door opens so you can see who's coming through. A lot of those alarms are like old. And so not they're not working. working. Is anybody still looking at those security monitors? Yes, there's still people looking at the security monitors, monitoring that all day, but that's got to get like tough. You know, you get glassy eyed, probably miss something, you know, that happens. And, uh, and, and the school, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm worried about the lax attitude that's taking place now because people are getting content, especially here in Connecticut, where we haven't had our school. That was over a decade ago. Yeah. You know, we had Sandy Hook. And many of these schools are still teaching the old way of um, uh, what to do with, uh, you know, like an intruder in the school. What is it? What, what are they teaching? The old way. Uh, kids just jump on their desk or they all go hide in a corner. Now, to make this quick and simple, imagine a shooter walks in a classroom and the kids are under their desk. They're just open targets. You know, imagine like 10 of them, 15 of them, 20 of them are just crouched in a corner. Easy picking. Easy picking. It's like shooting fish in a barrel. I mean, we should not be doing that. Now, there is a training, Alice Training, along with a bunch of others that are teaching something different. What's it called? It's called Alice. Alice? Alice Training. Is that, is that an acronym? It, it is an acronym. And I'll, kind of, I'll go through what they do and what they teach. But there's other companies that are doing similar things. But the majority of the schools in the United States have no idea. They're not doing this. They have no idea. You know, it's sort of like a jump under your desk, hide in a corner, turn off the lights, and that's it. And that's the wrong thing to do. So now what this Alice 
training is teaching. I'm a certified uh, Alice trainer in my school district where I teach um, students and staff what to do if there's an active shooter, you know, that enters the building or enters, enters the classroom. So what, what parents need to tell their kids is if the schools do not have this training in place where, where their uh, staff is being educated and some certified in this training, uh, parents need to tell their kids, you know, there, there's a way to protect yourself. All right, there's a way to protect yourself. Don't hide under your desk. So um, let me ask you from a parent's perspective. First of all, can a parent, I, I can't see a kid going to school and say, Miss Jones, do we have Alice training here? <laughs> so, so my question is, can parents call the school office and say, do you provide Alice training yes, for your staff? They certainly can. Can they do that? They can say. And no. will the school be honest? I, I, or will I they do, just they will. deflect them and I, defer them and say, I'm sorry, you're going to have to call the superintendent's office well, or the may, school committee. They may be, if they call, let's say, the secretary, and the secretary may not know and may refer them to somebody up the chain, you know, the chain that may know. Um, but I think once you get up the chain a little bit, you're going to get some honest answers whether they're doing it or not. They if I not a, know what Alice training is. Uh, right. So I'm a parent. Can I go and Google Alice training, Alice school yes. training, and find yep. out what it is so Absolutely. I'm educated before I talk to the yes, school? that's a great idea. Or just, you know, the, the modern day, present training. You know what I'm saying? Well, how do you keep your kids safe in schools? It's not to jump under a desk or to jump in a corner, okay? Uh, just to give you a few quick instances, what, what you need to do is, First of all, if you can alert, if you if you know there's a shooter in the building, and you can alert somebody, do it. If you would do it safely. What do you mean? Tell me what that like means. Like if you could pick up the phone. So or call, you somebody, yeah, call somebody. Text somebody on text, your phone. Alert somebody. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Um, alert somebody that there's a shooter in the school. So do our. And it's been a while since my kids have been in school because they're all grown and gone on their own. Can kids still go to to the classroom with their own smartphones? Most kids have them in their pockets. So they could text and say, "Mom, there's somebody shooting here." Yes. Or, okay. Yes. Or and hopefully the teacher could pick up the phone and call the main office. <clears throat> and you know there are some school systems that have phones that are built with an intercom system. You got to know how to work it though. Most don't. There's like a special code you hit. Most people don't even know that exists. So we only have uh, two minutes left. What kind of tips can we give parents right now in this situation to make make sure their kids are better prepared? Okay, this is how your kid survives. All right, one, don't go under the desk. Don't cower in the corner. If you can get away, get away. I'm saying if the, if the shooter's down one end of the building and you've got a door by your end of the building, don't stay in your classroom. So run jump out, out the window, run down the yes. hall. Yes. Because their chance of survival or escaping way is higher. Way, higher way higher than being, like you say, a fish in a barrel mm-hmm. hiding under a table waiting for the, yes. for the gunman to come into now, your classroom. If you can't get away, you need to lock and barricade your classroom door. Throw desks, garbage cans, everything you can in front of it. Try to get out the window. Break the window. If, you can, if it doesn't open, uh, you have to throw like something at the corner of the window because if you throw it at the middle of the window, it will bounce back. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So get out the window, whatever you got to do. And the worst case scenario, if a shooter gets into your classroom, you have to confront that shooter. Everybody has to confront that shooter. How do you do that? You make them blink. You make them blink a lot. Everybody grabs pencils, pens, erasers, phones, anything, water bottles, anything they can find. And everybody starts throwing stuff at the shooter's face to make them blink so that hopefully the teacher can rush in from the side or from behind and tackle. And okay. then everybody pig piles on the so, shooter. So break something, get out of the window, escape from the classroom, uh, make them blink. Do you have one more tip? Just again, I mean, 
Well, just get out of the classroom. Yeah, get out of the classroom. Let me That's ask. Let me ask. There's a there's a company out there called Berna that uh, create that's created non lethal firearms. They've also created. They have a product which is a bulletproof uh, backpack for children. Um, would that work? Are kids with their backpacks at any point? Especially if there was an active shooter. In some schools, they are. I'm not sure if that's money well spent. No, but if the parent buys it for their kid, so the backpack is bulletproof. Yeah, and it does give you a little extra protection. Um, chances are you're not going to use it. I mean, sometimes it does affect the psyche of a kid knowing he's wearing a bulletproof backpack. So you've got to consider like, these different things. And for some parents, maybe it's a peace of mind and it's money well spent yeah. for parents. Um, I'm, I'm thinking if you just follow the few tips I told you, you might be better off than just lugging around a backpack. So I'm meeting with my uh, good friend and uh, a fellow uh, speaker and author, Dan Blanchard. He's the author of the book, The Storm. You can find it on uh, Amazon and also Audible and Kindle. So it's a great book, and it's um, called The Storm by Dan Blanchard. Dan, we could talk all afternoon on this topic. Thank you so much for, uh, for coming out and contributing to the conversation. And I, can, I already came up with five more topics that we can talk about for future podcasts. Thanks Absolutely. for being here. It was good to be here with you, Bill. You've been listening to my new Creating Cooperative Kids podcast series. If you would like more help with discipline and parenting, please visit my website, www.cooperativekids.com. And remember, making the world a better place to live begins by using a style of discipline that not only creates more cooperation today, but also helps our children to eventually find their purpose in life. All information on this recording is the property of Bill Corbett and Cooperative Kids. Copyright 2012, Cooperative Kids Publishing.